Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Richard Guzmano. Richard is the founder and CEO of Business Credit Consultants, a company that is focused on helping small businesses secure the credit they need to grow. So hi, Richard. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's my pleasure. Nice to see you. Now, in my intro, I talked a little bit about your title and the company that you work for, but it's amazing how often that actually doesn't suggest a whole lot about what people spend their days doing. So can you tell me a little bit about your professional background and maybe where your daily focus is today? Um, of course, and, and thanks for asking. Um, my professional background um, started many years back, um, sad to say, but uh, it, it was owning a small business um, out of college. And I scaled it from two employees to 50 within a short amount of time. Um, but what you experience in, it, when, with all that growth is cash flow issues, yeah. growth issues, um, human resource <laughs> issues, um, unemployment insurance issues, things that you learn about uh, with baptism by fire, if you will. And one of the things that stayed with me was how accounting and certain line items and how people view your business is a huge dynamic in terms of uh, using leverage or or trying to when you want to grow. And that has stayed with me. Um, and, and that was really the impetus for starting a consulting group after doing other things uh, along the way, always owning businesses and scaling. So uh, what happened with that, that logistics company that I had started was that I bought out my partners and instead of line iteming that purchase as the, the, that I bought them out, the accountant put it on our balance sheet as the business bought them out. And so now oh. I now had a negative equity and with the line of credit from our bank. Now that was termed out. And now our, the, the way that we were um, presented was in a less positive light. And so we have become a, a business consulting group for small business owners who don't have the savvy or the knowledge on how to be, um, how the optics look for when they want to use leverage. And it was that small thing, but it wasn't small to me at that time, obviously. Um, and so our practice is involved in looking at small businesses' personal credit, their earnings, their um, what what balance sheet items are there, and, and how and what they want to use money to scale. And you would be surprised that people really understand, have a great understanding of what it takes to borrow money for their home, debt to income ratio, right, or the the credit profile to get a car loan or a truck loan but they have no real idea of what they're eligible for, for businesses. So we have to work with the clients to make sure that they make the right first impression, but we also have to work with the CPAs that make the right line items and are perhaps not too aggressive um, in 
deductions to mitigate earnings has trickled down to the to the principals. So um, day to day is speaking to clients, preparing them. Um, where do your quarterlies look? What's going on? What are your projections? Uh, and preparing them. And what's the plan? Are we buying a company? Are we buying equipment uh, and utilizing Rule One Seventy Nine to, uh, to 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 write off the the equipment? So you know, these are things that we do daily. And um, and you would be surprised how many clients are, are ill prepared. Yeah, uh, that's what that's not what they do. Yeah. Well, I love knowing that this actually is something that has grown out of your personal, professional, entrepreneurial experience, because I've walked that entrepreneurial journey. A lot of my colleagues have. Almost nobody ever says, you know, oh, I have a great idea for a new product or a new service. And also, I know how to leverage credit and cash flow so that that business can thrive, right? Everybody's focused on, I've invented a great new solution. I'm going to deliver services in a brand new way. But if you're not also addressing cash flow and credit, it almost doesn't matter how great your idea is. You're never going to get that opportunity to thrive in the same way that you would be if you were being mindful about it. Um, so certainly appreciate the fact that you walked this path and your solution has now brought the two things together. You're using your experience to help other people hopefully focus on the core of their business and, and thrive because you've got somebody with the right background and expertise keeping an eye on those credit and, and cash flow needs. And, and no, and I don't, I, I don't think that it could be stated um, any more emphatically because, you know, frankly, when I lived that experience, um, it was challenging. And so what's the old saying the, the, you don't learn when things are going well. You always learn when there are challenges that you yeah. face. And so now, um, having seen and, and endured the challenges, we we offer that empathy to the business owners. And as you said, business owners, we've got this great idea. We've identified a marketplace, um, but it takes more than that. And it takes preparation. And it takes being mindful of valleys uh, that, that, that come up along the way. Yeah. Now, what are some of the most common mistakes that you make see small to medium-sized businesses make when it comes specifically to credit and cash flow? Cash flow, I think, is the driver of it. I think that cash reserves mm. um, is possibly the biggest mistake that people will make. And they let themselves um, get beneath thresholds and they don't project and know what's incoming from either point of sales or receivables. And they're not mm -hmm. foreseeing that valley and they're not ahead of it. They're behind it. And once you're behind it, now you're reactive instead of being proactive. And now it's now, now you're tumbling and now you're kicking and scratching to stay above surface or, or, or to get air. And now that you're making decisions, uh, in a knee-jerk fashion, just to just to keep the lights on, or just to keep the insurances paid, or the the ten forties and the ten, uh, you know, the, the all all your I'm sure your nine forties and your nine forty ones paid. So that's what happens, and that's the biggest mistake that we see is is not being prepared. But really, that's because most business owners, as you said, are focused on the day to day, and you know, the entrepreneurial spirit and and the will to to overcome. Yeah. Um, 
that positive thought process, they persevere and they think that it will just all come out in the end because of positive thinking. But there has to be a measure of, of forethought. Well, it's interesting as you talk about business owners allowing themselves to dip below certain thresholds, it almost reminds me of sort of a stereotypical Vegas or gambling scene where somebody's down in the count, right? And they think, ah, but this next hand, right? That's going to be what puts me back on the table, this next round, the next spin of the wheel. And you would say to most entrepreneurs, does that seem like a good way to manage your funds? And they would say, no, that's crazy. But we're actually doing the exact same thing by getting behind or dipping past those those thresholds, right? I mean, it's the same sort of mistaken risk belief that events are somehow going to turn things around for us. It's a great it's a great parallel, uh, but that's what they think. Yeah, and and it's um, the next big deal. Or I've got this big client, or we're expecting this big job, um, and and it's very challenging. And and then. As, to, as an aside, to add to that, what we see is when business owners know that, let's say using 2023 as an example, they know this year has not been great, that maybe they've reinvested in the business. Maybe they have taken on additional staff or as COVID's reminded us, the cost of goods sold have changed drastically and our numbers don't look good. Um, we should be borrowing before we do the taxes. Mm. We should be borrowing off of non-audited statements of profit and loss and balance sheet from a quarter that looks good rather than waiting for the taxes to come and then showing those losses because that's now the, the optics to a bank or to yeah. an institution is going to be negative. So understanding, it goes back to the original point, understanding where you are and understanding what's coming. Do you want money for uh, infrastructure or for marketing and advertising to make sure next year is going to be better. What do you want? And is now the time to borrow? Because we know um, it's not going to look great next quarter. Mm. Now, you mentioned banks. So when we think about partnering with, and there's a lot of different kinds of lending institutions, right? When we think about partnering, what should these business owners be looking for? Because not all banks are the same. Um, what should go into that decision about where they place their money, where they go for credit or to borrow, and, and where they partner from a financial institution standpoint? Interesting question, interesting times. Um, there are a lot of different lenders that are now offering um, online banking uh, and really um, and, and online accounts. Really, the question should be, what you want that partner to be and what that partner specializes in. So some of the larger banks, they're not as interested in small business owners as some of the smaller banks, whether it's a community lender or, you know, if we're looking at the 20 top banks in the country, maybe the top three or four are less interested in small businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you should be looking at one of the other banks that is more aligned with your needs. And then also your business type. So if you are a contractor and your bank doesn't really like working with contractors, that's not really a bank that you want to be at because when you go and apply, you may already be on a list of, of a NAICS code, which is how they classify businesses. You may be on a, on a, on a, on a list that's just, it will be an automatic decline unless they get a small business association guarantee. Doing a little bit of um, research, but again, that's hard. Yeah. Small business owners, and that's kind of why we have a practice where we know which bank wants to deploy capital in which situation. 
and which bank is going to be more flexible where they're going to give you the, 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 the FaceTime that you want, you need. And you know how that's challenging to deal with it day to day to now ask them to be ahead of their finances and to be projecting. And now let's, let's have them do more research in terms of what bank they need to do to deal with. So there's a lot of, I mean, business is, is, is hard in and of itself, but understanding all these, these other stories are really what, it, what is the, the, like, it's the guidance that people just yeah. don't have and, and what they need. Yeah. Now, a lot of the regular listeners of the Sourcing Hero podcast work for large companies, enterprises that are in some cases going out of their way to partner with smaller companies. They might be doing it for the sake of innovation. They might be doing it to partner local. Uh, they might be doing it because they've got some kind of ESG or supplier diversity program that they're trying to bring new supply partners in to work with. And there's always this lingering concern that the risk is going to be elevated with these smaller businesses. So if we take the time to build a smaller provider, as wonderful as they are, into our systems and into our frameworks, are we potentially introducing risk? What are some of the things that you would suggest procurement and sourcing teams look at to make sure that if risks are there, importantly, they're being uncovered, but even potentially to make sure that this sort of negative generalized stereotype around smaller businesses being riskier doesn't cause us to leave wonderful opportunities to partner with these smaller businesses and entrepreneurs out of our world. You make a great point. Um, due diligence is necessary because we see, we see scenarios where very large firms, um, that perhaps are, you know, delivering things to our homes on a daily basis will outsource facilities management and outsource different contractor types of, of, of roles and, and jobs to local companies. Um, and if the, those entities are not um, financially solvent and perhaps they've borrowed inappropriately or taken on Debt instruments that are short-term amortizations at a very high cost um, in terms of advancing the money. If they fail to pay their contractors, then there might be claims um, against the large clients. So to some extent, I think due diligence, knowing that these people are solvent, knowing that they're going to have the wherewithal to perform um, and the reserves to take on the work. And then also, if you're going to go down that path, then introduce them. And there are ways of, of, of helping them with the receivables, making sure that they understand that if we get, if we double your business, do you have the ability to do so? And if not, we can introduce you to this particular partner that can help you um, address us, whether that be with a receivable or a mm -hmm. purchase order, what have you. Now, I talked about some of the reasons that companies and procurement teams might, might want to partner with small businesses, um, certainly working local, potentially diversity, bringing in innovation. But from an economic standpoint, this is something that all of us should care about. And I think it's something, it, it's always important to bring into these conversations to sort of bring it home, not just from a corporate or B2B spending standpoint, but as individual consumers and, and members of communities. Why is it that all of us need to think about the importance of creating situations where small businesses have the opportunity to thrive. 
over 99% of the businesses in the country are small businesses. Um, half the workforce are employed by small businesses. And as baby boomers um, continue to get older, there are going to be a contingent of people that are going to be underemployed that are going to want to open up their own businesses. And the, the bedrock of our economy really is with these small businesses. And so, yes, we have to nurture and, and keep them along because it will, it, without these small businesses, the very foundation of what we're, we're standing on will start to, to have challenges. So I can't agree with you more on that, but again, we have to be careful about it and mm -hmm. we have to be careful about where they are in the process. And, and we try to help the small business owner be strong. Um, and these large entities need to, to look at it and maybe take that extra step to do the same. No, I think that actually provides an excellent transition to what my regular listeners will know as part of our tradition here at the Sourcing Hero podcast. Richard, I'm going to give you a choice of two questions. You can pick either one. And as many times as I've, I've asked the questions, I've never heard a repeat. There's no such thing as a wrong answer. So whatever your thoughts are on this, we want to hear them. Your options are, what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if we want to take it a little bit broader, what do you think heroism looks like in a business context? Considering what we do, I think heroism in a, in a business context is probably where I prefer to, to go with this in that we're seeing, we're seeing the day-to-day -day challenge of the small business owner. And if, if these folks, and there are many of them, that are are providing honest services and honest work and and customer service and follow up and being professional and and fighting the good fight um and and we think that the importance of the small business owner and and, and persevering and and really being mindful and and growing and and helping people become employed keeping them employed um and keeping the lights on keeping the roof in the building on and and growing we think that they really are the heroes they're they and they're on a day-to-day -day basis they're getting challenges and and it's you know i was at a, a fintech conference this past weekend and um somebody a lot smarter than me from from harvard university said if you if you work with a small business owner um give them a hug because <laughs> they need it yeah and and, and a lot of them, you know, we, we all take business classes and we've, we've been to college, but no one's really prepared for the struggles that they face. And in doing so and, and, and staying solvent and staying around and keeping people um, employed and helping them and paying them vacations. And, you know, they are the heroes. They really are. Um, and we just try to incrementally help them as asked um, to help them do what they need to do. Now, Richard, if people are meeting you for the first time by listening to this conversation or finding a post about it on social media, what is the best way for them to connect with you, to get in touch, or to learn more about business credit consultants? Well, uh, Kelly, you know, obviously we're, we're on LinkedIn um, under Richard Gusmano Business Credit Consultants, but our website, uh, bccusa.com, 
um, is really the place just to just to check in and then add some information and reach out. Uh, TeamBCC at BCCUSA.com is an email that, that comes in front of me on a daily basis. And really, it's it, it's we just want to speak. If somebody has questions, we're happy to answer them. Um, and it's not about revenue. It's let's point you in the right direction. Try to help you. Are you ready? Do this. Do this. Make sure your credit's good. Make sure you're you're prepared. Um, and and that's that's how it starts. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.